Welcome to Sex Chat for Christian Wives, where four marriage and sex bloggers discuss the naked truth. What does God really want for the sexual intimacy in our marriage? I'm Jay Parker of Hot, Holy, and Humorous. I'm Chris Taylor from The Forgiven Wife. I'm Gay Christmas of Calm, Healthy, Sexy. I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7. Today, we're all recording at the same table. It's amazing because Jay, Chris, and I, Bonnie, are here at the Declare Conference that many of you generously donated so that we could attend. And for that, we thank you. But we are sorely missing our fourth gay. She couldn't make it because of other obligations. But we do have a guest filling this fourth chair. We have Keely Reason of Love, Hope, and Adventure, who's also attending the Declare Conference. So we're just taking advantage of her, and we're recording. <laughs> that sound right. No, that doesn't. No, we would never do that. But she's here, and we today, we're going to talk about loving your man when your little kids are still in the house. And I guess it doesn't have to just be little kids. You know, if you still have children in the home, that's what we're talking about today. Okay, you said it like loving your man. And I think you really should have said, loving your man. You know, like we got to make it clear it's... It's, (laughs) yeah. That's what we're doing. Welcome to the so. welcome to the table, Keely. She's already looking at us I like, know. well, this is a <laughs> well, I've never actually done a podcast with other people in the room. I'm usually like sitting on a headset and I just sit there and be quiet until they stop talking because when you are recording like that, it just like jumps over each other. So, oh yeah, well we we just, often speak on top of each other. We yeah, we and we definitely all laugh at the same, same time. time. <laughs> well, that's helpful. Okay, go yes. ahead. What so. Let's just go around and, and just comment on whether you were comfortable or not having sexual intimacy while your children were in the house. So it was difficult for me at the beginning. First of all, my first child was colicky. And so I was always on edge thinking, you know, he was going to need me. He was going to fuss. He was going to whatever. So it just didn't really feel like I could relax and enjoy the experience. And then on top of that, my second kid, he had some issues. And so he's actually on a heart monitor for six months. So I wanted to be able to hear in case the machine beeped <laughs> to alert me to an issue. Uh, so there were just those kinds of things when they were infants that was difficult. But kind of what they once they got to a point where they had pretty good sleep schedules, that was fine. But we still were mostly waiting until they were asleep and I think that just cut down on a lot of opportunities because by then we were exhausted. Once they were asleep, I was fine, but then I kept, we kept waiting for that. It wasn't until they got older that we started to do some more times during the day. And by the time they were teenagers, it was, yeah, too bad, so sad. I don't care what you're doing. We're going to the bedroom and locking the door. And don't Unless the us. house is on fire, we don't want to hear you. Yeah, yeah. If you're Or someone's bleeding from an artery, you know, if they're spurting. Yes. Someone's actually unconscious, I suppose. You can interrupt. <laughs> and I had I had such a hard time when the kids were babies of separating my mom identity from my lover identity. So when they were little, I couldn't get my brain shifted to that. So I didn't I didn't ever want to have sex at all because that meant I was not being mom and you know, I was very conflicted about that. And then as they got older I was worried about them, you know, getting wrestling with each other and somebody getting hurt and I I couldn't relax, and so then it became a diet of cookies for my husband for a long time, which surprised bred resentment in me. 
when they were teenagers and they knew what was going on and they told us they knew what was going on like we know what's going on Sunday afternoons when you send us down to watch a movie and we're right underneath your bedroom and then I was mortified and then we got over it (laughs) (laughs) you want to say well how do you think you got here that's exactly what my husband said every single time but they only think you did it twice well yeah they know better than that now Yes. They really do. And yeah, the the big line for us became, you know, if they say, well, what were you doing or where were you? Or we always say, well, don't ask questions you don't really want answered. Mm-hmm. And, and that's then your they point. know. Yep. So gross. Yeah. Well, my, my experience is similar in that I had a two and a half year old when twins were born, which is the same yeah, as Chris. Here. Right. So there was the whole mommy identity, lover identity confusion, but mine was mostly, I was exhausted. There was, yeah, yeah. and I'm not a night person, as Jay and Chris have now seen. I No, uh, she is not. We will attest this. Yeah, 7.30, I am gone, really, seriously. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I couldn't wait till they were asleep. Mm. I was just, I was exhausted. I hit the wall. That's, there was no more energy in me. So, and then as they got older, of course, the, um, there was not as much sleep deprivation, but... Then I just didn't want them to know we were having sex. Okay, you have to say that. I didn't want them to know we were having sex. (laughs) (laughs) Just so, but it it, it finally after we repaired our relationship, and I realized just how important sexual intimacy was for our marriage, and I knew how important it was for them to see our healthy sexual relationship for their future marriages. Then I didn't care as much. And, uh, yeah, it started happening a whole lot more during the day or whenever. I didn't care if they were and home or not. And what about you, Keely? Yes, Keely. Who's, who's still in, in the stage I'm more than we are. still in the stage. So I have um 13-year-old, 11-year-old who's almost 12, and 7. And, you know, when they were babies, it was more difficult to have sex because they would cry in the middle of it. And it's a little bit different when they're older and they're knocking on the door and you're like, okay, you know, go handle yourselves. When they're babies, you do actually kind of have to stop and go get them. Or what we would do is we would, um, Austin would just be like, all right, cover your ears as much as you can and let's work through this and they can cry. And that's something I actually had to learn to do. And it's good to do that because your children can cry. It's okay. And as, as moms, we don't have that ability to really separate that. But because we started doing that in intimacy, it helped me to be willing to let them cry through more stuff and let them work things out on their own. And it was difficult because, you know, they would wake up at any given moment. And we went to bed really late. This is, it was hard for us because we would go to bed late a lot. And I wasn't a very good initiator in the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is something I really struggled with. So because Austin likes staying up late at night and... I didn't want to go to bed without him and that kind of thing. I didn't initiate it. So we were be like pushing it where the child is ready to wake up when we would get started. So that was tough. But and as I, a mom, you kind of know their cries too. Oh, you know you if it's, you, know the you can let them go. Or... But it's still hard to keep your mind in it. Mm. But I, I got a lot better at that. And I also got better at initiating And I really thought sex was great because it helped me to feel like an adult. Whereas all day long, I feel like I'm this child who is babysitting 
like a teenager, you know, just babysitting everybody's children, even though I know they're mine, but I, you know, when you're at home all day long with little kids, you just feel like you're a babysitter. And I finally realized the most adult thing I could do would be to have sex. It's like, I can't go to the mall on my own. I can't go get coffee. But you know what? I can have sex. I can and get this something else. It's <laughs> an adult thing to do. And like, you know, I'm, I didn't drink or smoke or do anything age like wise that you do so I was like there is nothing for me I don't have a job I don't get to have like so big that girl was... clothes or and all the and all the music you listen to when your kids are little oh, is it's like the kids music and and you don't, you don't have no idea what's going on in primetime tv it's, it's like, like news happening well, oh Blue's Clues, I've seen this one before. Let's watch it again. Yeah. Oh, and this is where the count counts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, sex became that thing for me that was, like, the thing that made me feel like an adult again. And until then, it was difficult to, like, figure out, so, well, when do we have sex and that kind of thing. So by initiating, you were able to have sex earlier in the night. Is yeah, that what at you the were time saying? it was convenient for me. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. struggled to initiate. I don't know if I just felt embarrassed about it or what. It just and I'm not, I'm a very outgoing person, so nothing ever embarrasses me. I don't know what my problem was with it for a long time, but because I got to do it at a time that was best for me, it just made it like happen more. It made it better. I was more relaxed. That kind of thing. Now that the kids are older. I mean, our older kids know what sex is. Our seven-year-old isn't quite there yet. We're still working to talk with him. He's seven, but he's going to have that talk here soon. But I think that, for me, I don't feel uncomfortable having sex when they're awake. I never have. And my bedroom used to literally be on the other side of the wall from where they sat and watched TV. And now my bedroom is, like, in sharing a hall where they play video games. And if it is during the day, I prefer day sex because then I'm not exhausted mm-hmm. It doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, and they're out there in the hall playing video games or whatever, I'm just like, you know what? This is normal, and we should make sex very normal for our kids. Because my parents had sex. I knew they were having sex. They didn't come and say, we're going to go have sex now. But, like, my parents just sort of set up that culture that married people have sex. So if you come in their room, Mm -hmm. you very well may get an eyeful. Or always knock on the door before you come in. And it's so bad in our house. The kids knock on the door in the morning to ask me stuff before school because I'm that mom that just lets them all go get ready and I lay in the bed while they do it. I'm like, come in. And they're like, what? And they're so scared to open the door. <laughs> What's like, going to happen? I'm literally sleeping, but just get in here so I can hear you. <laughs> I feel terrible for them because they're like, what are you saying? Because they're so scared they're going to come in and they know I sleep naked. Like, this is very, like, known in my house, you know, so I just let them know that, and they are so scared. I'm going to walk in there, and Mom is not going to have her clothes on. <laughs> so you can't unsee it. Yeah, you can't wanna, unsee you, it. You almost want to say to them, okay, listen, I don't want this to happen any more than you do. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're all going to be in, in the, we're all on the same page. Mom, you know, yeah. covers up, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think, what kind of practical tips could you give to a woman who is very self-conscious to have sex while the kids are home? I mean, I think, first of all, you need a lock on your door. Hands down. Lock on the door. I am surprised at the number of people, like my readers, who don't have locks and don't use them. I'm like, really? 
just put a lock on the door. I lock the door when I know they're asleep and I know they will not come in when I tell them to. Mm -hmm. So it will make you feel so much better. I also suggest that you use the TV as a babysitter. They won't hear anything you're doing. They won't care what you're doing. Let them play the video games. I am the kind of person who literally limits the kids to 20 minutes of game time a day, an hour and a half of TV. I'm so stringent on it. But if we need sex in the middle of the day, I'd be like, oh, y'all, just go watch a movie. <laughs> I don't care and what you do. And then it's something special, too, for them. So they're really Yeah, thrilled. they don't care. They've never questioned it. Yeah. Mom's giving us candy What's... and letting us watch a movie? What? <laughs> Before she changes her mind, let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you said that because I remember like the pediatrician saying things like, don't ever use TV as a babysitter. And I remember thinking, well, then what's the point? Because I need 30 minutes to take a shower or just think right. something or, or use the bathroom yes. without little fingers yes. coming under well, the coming under the door having your toys yes. be intimate with your husband i mean so you know there's a lot of good programming these days so there is and you there's so many movies you can put in where you know what they're watching right. be careful about what they watch but go ahead and do that if that's right. what you have to do to be intimate and i always mm -hmm. really suggest you know cuz people saying about using TVs for the sitters I will tell you something. If you leave your TV on all day long, your kids will ignore it. But mm -hmm. if you do crack down on it like I have, and we still have these really extreme limits, if the television is on, they are so zoned into it. I don't know if this is good or bad for them when they're adults, but right now it's great for us. <laughs> you know, they aren't going to listen to anything that's I, going on. I grew up in the 70s with a steady diet of TV, and I seem, well, okay, maybe I'm not the best example. I was about to say I'm fine, but maybe that actually isn't the best example. Let's move on. <laughs> so, So how do you handle it? If one of your children, have they walked in on you and what have you done or what, what would you do if they walked in on you? Well, again, my kids can't walk in on us because we lock doors. They've never walked in on us, but they have knocked on our door. I mean, I swear to you, they'll be like, I'm checking in from being outside or whatever. I don't tell the kids we're going in the bedroom to have sex. They don't even have any clue what we're doing in there. Sometimes we just go down there to have a private conversation or whatever and what we do is we just stop moving and we just talk to them as though we were sitting on our bed talking to each other and typically we can get them to go away. When they were little... <laughs> That's what we should name the episode, Tips to Get Your Children to Go Away. To go away. I mean, like, they'll be like, can we have candy? Yes. Can we watch TV? Absolutely. He's hitting me. Hit him back. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Go away. Yeah. We have all the boys. Yes. We have all the boys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we will say whatever it takes to get them to go away. When they were really little, though, it was, there have been times we had to stop what we were doing, go parent them. But, I mean, we tried so hard to limit that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then if we did, we'd just come back and be like, all right, let's try again. Mm -hmm. and, and if you're having consistent sex, missing one time or being interrupted like that, and you can't get back or to it. Or having to convert to a really fast quickie yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and like, we just really try the best really we can to get them to be pacified long enough to orgasm. And I know that sounds silly, but I mean, like, if you can just get it done, okay, this wasn't the best sex ever, but we had it, and great. It was sex, mm -hmm. and I feel better. I think there's also a thing about, I like the attitude is kind of this take of, look, the foundation of this family is the two of us, the marriage. And guess what? We own this house, okay? 
And I know, yes, it's their house too, of course. I've brought them into their family or whatever, but we pay the mortgage. It is our house. They can't just do anything they want with our house. We don't let them crayon the walls. So they also cannot just walk into every single space necessarily. The, you can decide which spaces you lock off that you have private time with your husband for. And it's none of their business what happens in there, and they yeah, need to know right. that there's that this is... Y'all are the core of the family. There is that, but then there's the other aspect of of the woman who really struggles with orgasm anyways, and knowing the kids are out there, or if the kids do bang on the door and she's lost it, and it's well, that's true. not going to come back. It's so, tough, and I've been in tough. those places, and what I've always done is, I mean, literally, Austin has covered my ears, whispered in my ears, whatever it takes, you know, and then I just have to get my mind back in it, because... It's important that that happens, mm-hmm. and if it couldn't, then we would have to try later on. But yeah. Well, we I use music think... a lot. And, oh, um, oh, really? Yeah, we use music, and it's not, it's loud, especially when the kids were home, it was loud, and we use fans. So we turned the fans on in the kids' rooms or wherever they were. I was going to say, where did you put the music? Because this is a misconception. People will try to make it loud in their room, and I'm like, you know when you do that, it's loud to you, but not to them. So now you don't even know how loud uh, if they're on, If they're on the... You, typically, they were on video games. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. And so we would have the music in our room. But that was more for me, necessarily, than for them. Because if it's in the bedroom and... I was zoned into the music, and I couldn't hear what they were doing out there. That's helpful. That was helpful. Doug used to turn on History Channel back when it was still History Channel stuff. A war shows, so there would be cannons and. (laughs) (laughs) So if you were screaming, it didn't matter. (laughs) No, it's like but that that was for me because then if there was any you know loud outburst elsewhere in the house, I would just think it was another war. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Well, and I was, th- I was just saying, just in terms of a practical thing, like once your kids are old enough that they're maybe doing something with headphones, buy them the noise-canceling headphones, mm-hmm. the over-the-ear thing, you know, because so, they'll get really into it and stuff, and they really won't hear anything. That's, yeah, been, that's been really good. good yeah, nice I for, have a post about earbuds. That the they are good? Of, or The joy good, of earbuds, yeah. yes. Okay. Well, honestly, though, I think if your kids, because this is like actually one of my top YouTube-viewed things is... What to do if my kids hear me having sex? And I'm like, they can deal with it. It's good for them because if you normalize sex, if you normalize the conversation of sex, there is not this heart-pounding rise when they talk about it with their friends. And so my parents talked to me to death about sex. Like every month it felt like, let's talk about sex. It was just this normal thing. They talked to me about it. And because of it, it normalized the conversation and it wasn't exciting to talk about it with my friends. So what do you mean, what kind of conversations were there? Mm -hmm. I mean, like your parents wouldn't come to you and say, so Keely, we just had sex last night. Let me tell you about the moves I made on your daddy. (laughs) (laughs) What were they saying to you? (laughs) Um, No, I mean, my parents asked me things like, do you have questions about sex? Mm -hmm. And this is what God created. And if I had, like, if I had any questions about questions about sex I could ask them like I didn't know what oral sex was there was this thing about 69 this like was so big when I in the 90s that was you a know big mystery. 69 yeah. 69 I'm like what the heck is it mom and she told me I was like oh okay now I get it you know but I felt like I could come to her and say what is 69 and they would say things like it's okay to say no to your husband if about sex like it's okay to say I don't want to do this tonight 
It's okay to say, I want to do this. My parents, both my mom and my dad, were like, sex is good, it's fun, it's exciting, it's enjoyable. Do it with your spouse. They always had the whole um, analogy of fire is good, sex is good. Fire in my fireplace is great, sex in marriage is great. Fire on my couch is damaging. So sex outside of sex marriage outside is... of marriage. So fire is great in the right context. Mm -hmm. Same with sex, but that sex is enjoyable. Not that... I wouldn't love it outside of marriage still. It'll burn you. But that it would be damaging. Parents did such a great job. Yeah, yeah good for them. them. <laughs> I think fire is also a really good analogy in the sense, too, that if even if you have the fire in the fireplace, you have to continue to tend it for it to right. keep going or it will die out. Die mm -hmm. out. And so you have to keep that going. Stuck and in and the fire. even when your kids are whatever age they are, whether they're young or they're getting older or they're in those teenage years where you th think that since they know it's problematic that they know you have sex. And I think it's also another thing, there's a common misconception that if your kids know you're having sex, they're going to think very specifically about it. Or maybe you're getting specific about it. That's not what's happening. Like, we're just talking about they know it's, it's happening. They don't know the particulars of it. Well, my parents didn't come and say, well, we are doing this position, or we're trying this, or we're trying that. I mean, my parents discussed what's okay, what's not okay. And it was... If you don't feel comfortable with this, then say no. If you do feel comfortable with it, say yes. So I know this is a big question in the blog world. Like, what's okay and what's not okay? And, like, my parents addressed that for me. And it was not this one-time conversation. It wasn't like, let's sit down one day and talk about this. And I remember my dad even saying, if it's hurting you, tell him. Like, my parents were like, be vocal about it. So for me, when we started having sex, it was not weird to talk about sex with my spouse. It wasn't weird to talk during sex with my spouse. It wasn't at all weird to even say what I needed or what I liked or what I didn't like. Now, I mean, I struggle with initiation. I have no idea why. It was not sexual baggage with, like, teaching or anything. It was just... And the one area I felt shy. Maybe a little thing. lack of confidence or something. So, so are you having those same kinds of conversations with your kids now then? Yeah, yeah. We've, we talk to them about what sex is, about God's design for sex. Um, we ask them about questions. And see, we have to have a lot of discussions with them that my parents didn't have to have. Porn was not so readily available. Mm -hmm. And I have to talk to my kids. What are you seeing? What are your friends showing you? What's in that video game? Because there are video games that are showing things or mm -hmm. ads that are coming up. And I don't have my kids on social media. I'm just not ready to do that. And I don't even know when I will because Instagram is just this breeding ground for um, porn, mm -hmm. especially child porn. Mm -hmm. Because oh. so many kids have a phone and they sit in their rooms and I tell my kids, I'm going to look at all their texts. I'm going to, I mean, like, I, you have no privacy. I'm sorry. My parents did give us tons and tons of privacy or whatever, but we didn't have internet like my kids. Mm -hmm. So my parents didn't go rummaging through our rooms, but I'm like, uh, it's your cell phone. I will rummage through that because that's not your room. Mm -hmm. I, I will also say, because I've now my kids are grown and I did that, a lot of that kind of stuff. And I will say, if you do a lot of that kind of stuff as they're growing up and coach them through what you're doing and explain why you're checking. Like one of my things was when the kids were learning sex stuff and, and they, you know, I'd ask to see their phones and I would scroll through. And one time I remember one of the boys said, oh, oh, I, you know, the stuff that's on that text or was a group text, but it was something somebody else had said. And I said, 
I'm not here to judge you for what your friend said that you can't control or something that shows up on your phone that you can't control. I'm here to coach you through how we're going to handle those things. Mm -hmm. And having done that when they were younger, I had to do far less of it when they got older because it didn't have to crack down. They were, they were equipped to kind of, to shift into a role of doing more themselves. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that, that that they were equipped by the time you, they got a little bit older because I think it's one of the things that I wish that I had done differently early in my marriage was to become more comfortable having sex when the kids were in the house so it would become normalized and so they would be used to how to deal with it. And so I would get used to it. It's, um, when we started kind of making that shift, it was really hard for me because we had gone all these years where we'd hardly ever had sex when the kids were in the house and awake. That was very difficult for me. That must be crazy tough to ever have sex, especially when your kids get older. I mean, like, my 13-year-old stays up stays up until, like, 10.30. That was, at that point, I thought, well, we actually, one of the kids said to, to my husband once, you know, just so you know, we can hear when you and Mom are having sex, and we think that you should wait until we're either sound asleep or we're gone. And my husband said, if I did that, I'd never get to have sex with my wife, so you can just get earbuds. Look, I heard my parents have sex on occasion, and I was just happy that they were happy. I mean, I think I it's because when I we it. <laughs> had so many conversations about it, though. And I knew my parents loved having sex, and they still have sex. And my parents even at like my parents gave me a book before I got married. Like this is a book about sex. And I mean, I probably read several books about sex before I got married. My parents were not like we're going to shelter her about everything. A lot of people don't want to let teenagers read about sex. I'm like, you know what? Let all the teenagers come read Love, Hope, Adventure because they are reading about sex. Let them come read my blog. This is why I don't put like an age limit on it. Because of that, I was happy for her and my dad the same way I would have been if, you know, anything else joyous was happening in their life. So I think you, if you're going to, if your kids are going to hear you have sex, you've got to Pair it with those great conversations about it, too, or it is going to be gross and weird. Mm-hmm. Well, we're running out of time, girls. Well, we've said a lot of good stuff. We have said a lot of great stuff. Especially Thank you, Keely, for being here, <laughs> representing the... You're not quite a millennial. You're a little older than that, what, right? What, or, yeah, what are you? What, what no. generation are you? <laughs> I don't really know. I'm going to be um, 37, so I don't really know because I'm sort of that little weird Sandwich window where yeah. some people will put that in millennials, which oh, I just don't that, think is right. That's a little no. young. I don't <laughs> think my generation is a millennial, but I think that there isn't a real clear cut Mm-hmm. This is yes. It, so. Well, we are glad you're here. To, you're here to speak for whatever generation you are, which is not ours. It's not ours. <laughs> right. So, any last thoughts, ladies? I have no more thoughts. I have no more thoughts either. You but again, I just the, the only other thing I'd say is uh, please check out her blog, Love Yes, we'll have and, yes, and we'll have the links to your YouTube on show notes. And just again, I want to thank everyone who gave donations for our trip here to Declare. You just have no idea how honored and humbled we are by those those very generous donations. Thank you, so, thank you, thank you. Thank both. you, and have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We encourage you to check out our website at sexchatforchristianwives.com where you can find show notes and links to resources. That's sexchatforchristianwives.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please take just a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so that others can find the show and tell a friend about us. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to reach out to new listeners. 
We appreciate you being with us today, and we pray that God blesses you this week as you pursue healthy and holy sexual intimacy in your marriage.